Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning, Dirt Radio. That's us. And welcome to another edition. I'm John Langer. Dirt Radio, of course, is sponsored by Friends of the Earth here in Melbourne. And you can find us at foe.org.au. This is an auspicious day for going to air with this edition of the show. For a start, it's World Environment Day. And it's also the day we kick off Dirt Radio's special series, which will be featuring Foe's campaign, Six Months to Make a Difference, leading up to Victorian's state election that happens in November this year. At the beginning of each month, we'll be having an in-depth discussion around some of the key issues that Friends of the Earth wants candidates of all political persuasions to take on board as they formulate policy and take their appeals to voters around the state. Now, on a such a noteworthy day, there's no better way to begin our special series than to talk to Lee Eubank. He's the coordinator of FOE's Cornerstone Campaign, Act on Climate, and I might say a regular visitor on Dirt Radio. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, John. I wanted to start by asking you about the campaign Act on Climate. That's what it's called. I wanted to kick us off with a broad brushstroke. For people that don't know anything about the campaign, what's what's it all about? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, what we're trying to do with Act on Climate is sharpen the focus um, around the ways in which climate change will impact Victoria and Australia. And we're also trying to um, build the case for Victoria's first ever climate change budget. So, you know, over the last few years, we've seen the Daniel Andrews government ban fracking, and we've seen them uh, set ambitious renewable energy targets for the state. We've also seen the state's climate change law strengthened, but we think it's time for the government to really put their money where their mouth is. I wanted to ask a bit more about that, uh, the initiative, the climate budget, because um, I think that's something that you're wanting all politicians essentially to get their heads around. And I, I wanted to ask you, what, what is a climate budget exactly? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's kind of whatever we want it to be. You know, this has never occurred before. I, I think there are a few key pillars to a climate budget. For example, you know, we have seen um, governments make, you know, important social issues a focus of state budgets. A few years ago, we had a Royal Commission into Family Violence, which resulted in $1.2 billion um, going towards that really important issue. Um, This year's budget, we saw $700 million invested in in reforming the mental health sector um, to make sure that people are getting the support they need. And I think, you know, that's the type of investment that we do need to see go towards climate change solutions. And, you know, the budget, it is a it is a moral document. You know, we it's a way that the the society, the government gets to um, 
articulate what the priorities are. Mm. And, you know, obviously we, we always see, you know, a lot of investment going towards public education, healthcare, infrastructure um, to sustain um, our economy. We think it's about time that climate change is elevated to one of those priorities. That's a really, it's a really important point, and I think something that I I wasn't aware of that it, I guess I was aware of it, but the way you're describing it, in a sense, is that each year that the budget is handed down, it's it's kind of given a special theme or you know a kind of emphasis. I, I think what you're you're saying about the uh, the Royal Commission into uh, child sexual abuse and so on, and and education as an issue, infrastructure as an issue, and, and I, I think what you're saying is that, in a sense, a climate budget, if it was going to happen, would be a specially themed or emphasized way that the budget could be framed. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, in addition to the the, the amount of investment that, that we really do need to see in climate change action, there is a, a bit of a policy um, piece that goes along with that as well. And at the moment... You know, if you get the the budget papers, and it's it's like the equivalent of getting a couple of phone books, like it really is a yes. stack of paper. Right. There's there's no there's no clear and easy way to understand how much money Victorian taxpayers uh, are putting towards climate mitigation, adaptation. How much are we putting aside for disaster response? There's there's no transparency around you know the climate change related expenditure. So in addition to seeing, you know, the amount of money uh, increased, we do need to see a greater level of transparency around where the money is going and why. Mm. Again, really very basic stuff, but but very revealing the way you're describing it. It, it. In a sense, it's, I guess what you're saying is it's very difficult to track where this money might be going if you're going to follow the money around issues to do with climate change. And you're saying there needs to be way more um, uh, way more transparency around this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is we, we do have um, international uh, task forces um, and also, you know, the ratings agencies such as um, Moody's, and, and they've, they've made it really clear that um, states and, and cities and corporations that fail to account for climate risk, they are exposed to credit downgrades. And, you know, if there's one thing that, you know, Treasurer Tim Pallas, um, you know, wants to, wants to avoid, it's that kind of, um, you know, the, the, mm. the downgrade to the credit rating, you know, Victoria and other, other states and the federal government, they hold that AAA credit rating um, up as, as like the, mm. you know, a, a measure of their success. And, um, you know, if they don't get, if they don't get ahead of this, um, you know, we could see, you know, the credit rating downgraded. Um, and it's, you know, in terms of how you avoid that from occurring, it really is about um, making sure you've got a greater level of transparency around where the money is going and you know what the, what the risks uh, um, of climate impacts are to the economy. It's it's very interesting also the way you're talking about this. I, I read something recently. I think it was on Act on Climate website or a blog was talking about one of the ministers. I think it was James Molino talking about actually acknowledging the fact that. 
there were, were going to be more emergencies, more crises around uh, extreme weather events in Victoria, and clearly he was he was signaling that kind of thing, and yet the government is still dragging its feet around this this idea of actually building a budget around this sort of issue, these sorts of issues. Yeah, I mean, look, the Andrews government they did get off to a, a very good start when it comes to tackling climate change. You know, we're all aware of the fracking ban, the VRET, you know, the, the stronger climate change laws. But over the last few months, we have seen a bit of a turn. Um, we've seen the government defer making a decision around the emissions reduction targets uh, by almost a year, which is very disappointing. We've seen um, the southwest coast of Victoria opened up for offshore gas drilling, um, $50 million, uh, you know, squandered on this ridiculous coal-to-hydrogen pilot project. And just last Friday, we saw the coal mining licences extended for mm. Loy Yang and um, Yulon coal power plants. So, you know, the, the Andrews government, while they did get off to a good start, we do need to see a pretty, uh, pretty urgent and dramatic course correction. Um, uh, yeah, I fear that their their credentials have been um, severely dampened by those mm. recent decisions. And you know, we know that the climate impacts are getting getting worse. You know, the Deputy Premier James Molino is out there <laughs> admitting as much. Yet, mm. you know, his team have made some really poor decisions. What, Lee, is there any any speculation about why this is happening? Is it to do with the election coming up? Are they, it's it's a bit of like swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's it's hard to to really know um, what's behind it. Um, the Labor Party is a, a complex beast, um, so yeah, I think it's probably. I mean, look, it possibly is. You know, battening down the hatches before the election, and they don't want to be seen as uh, too green. They want to be seen as, you know, what they think is mainstream. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do think that they, they have made a miscalculation. Um, you know, even, even their own polling um, that was done by Sustainability Victoria shows that, um, you know, 70, 70 to 80% of, of Victorians do want to see more action on climate change. They think it's important. Um, so, yeah, I find it very puzzling that they'd tarnish their their track record with these really poor decisions. Mm. And I, I want to follow on with that poor decision thing because along with a lot of other climate campaigners, I imagine Act on Climate is collectively scratching its head. You've just mentioned it earlier about the Andrews government announcement deferring the emissions reduction target, setting a, setting a, a target until after the November election, I was wondering if you could just briefly explain what are emission reduction targets and why are they so critical for state government policy? Yeah, look, um, it's really simple. With the federal government doing nothing on climate change, we, we do have to see states and territories show more leadership. Um, with the Strengthened Climate Change Act that went through the parliament early last year, there is a requirement for the Victorian government to set interim emissions reduction targets. So, you know, this is the first time it's occurred, um, but Victoria will be setting targets to cut emissions um, by a certain amount 
um, by 2025 and 2030. And, you know, in their climate change framework that was released in 2016, the Andrews government did actually commit to setting the first targets this year. And by deferring the, the, the targets to rein in emissions, there is a risk. Um, if we see the election of the Matthew Guy, uh, Matthew Guy and the, um, the, the Liberal National Party in November, you know, the, the prospects of getting the targets that we need are probably diminished. And, you know, given the, um, the coalition's previous uh, time in office, they might actually just gut the whole thing. Mm. So, you know, it is a, it is a very worrying um, and risky decision. You know, it would have been better just to get on with the job, get the targets in place, and, you know, if we need to strengthen them um, down the track, then we could do that. But, um, yeah, the, there is a great risk um, now, which is very unfortunate for Victorians. And uh, you did mention the uh, Liberal Coalition government or potential potential them potentially getting into office their their approach mm. to climate is 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 zilch as, as far as i can tell yeah look um you know we have engaged with um with the, the liberal party um i've met uh david southwick the shadow energy minister um i've met with the shadow environment minister nick wakeling from time to time and you know i really have presented it to them that you know, it doesn't matter if you're a, a Liberal voter, a Labor voter, a Greens voter or whatever. Mm. Climate change affects all Victorians and climate change solutions such as solar power and wind, other things, they are actually supported by people from all political persuasions. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've really made the case um, as forcefully as possible that we do need to see a climate policy from the opposition Mm, um, mm. I think it's, uh, you know, if they want to prove that they're ready to govern, they do need to mm. really um, take a clear policy to the electorate um, and, and let us know, like, what, what is their response to climate change? Mm. I, I was just reading yesterday, I think it was in a newspaper or somewhere, or maybe, maybe it was online, it was saying that one in five Australians has solar on their houses. And, and you, you know, the way you're talking about climate change and the the switch to renewables isn't party specific it's it cuts across all all kinds of populations yeah that's exactly right um you know uh, <laughs> it's you know there, i i know wind farmers um that would most definitely vote nationals or liberal you know like it's mm-hmm. it's absurd that you know it's, there there is this kind of um disconnection between the the ideological uh, you know politicians and the, the the rank and file party members that are actually a lot of them do support climate action and renewables so it's it's a it's a funny situation that we're in Lee, do you mind if we take a break at this point give yourself a bit of a breather and we'll hear a couple of promos and get back to some more discussion yeah that'd be great fight for your mic 3CR Radiothon 2018, Fight for Your Mic. The sound of the weapon called a microphone. Bring the revolution on, broadcasting to the early morning. June 4th to the 17th, Fight for Your Mic. Rebel music on the dance floor. Tell me what you're fighting for, because this DJ gonna keep you alive. Forget about your troubles and your nine to five with the rhythm of the pump. 
Imagine having no income, no wear rights, and no idea what your future holds. For thousands of people seeking asylum, this is their reality. Families are struggling to feed their children, and some are sleeping on our streets. A donation to the Asylum Seeker Resource Center provides food, shelter, and health care. Just $21 feeds a family for one week. Text the word HELP to 0475-444-555 to donate. The Asylum Seeker Resource Center is a 3CR supporter. You're with Dirt Radio, and we're talking with Lee Eubank from Act on Climate. And this edition of Dirt Radio is a first of our special series focusing on the umbrella faux campaign, Six Months to Make a Difference, which leads up to the Victorian state election and includes Act on Climate. Lee, I wanted to just continue our discussion because Act on Climate is not just about policy asks. It's about community engagement. And that, for me, is one of its great strengths. The collective has been very active over the last year all around the state. I just wanted you to give us a few of the highlights. Yeah, look, I think my probably my personal highlight would be um, some of the work that we've done in the central gold fields. Um, so this is this is the uh, the most um, economically uh, disadvantaged municipality in the state, and what we've done out there we've we um, we've organised a few events on um, climate change impacts, how to save on your power bills. And we actually had the Minister for Climate Change join us out in Maribyrnong last year for a public event, um, where it was announced that the government would would uh, establish a 4.8 million dollar climate change grant scheme. And you know we've seen community leaders um, from this tiny little town, Tarnagala, um, stand up and put their hat in the ring for one of those grants. And, yeah, they're actually successful. So Linda Kennedy and her, her crew up in Tarnagala, they've got um, access to $50,000 um, to investigate the climate change impacts in the region and to start putting together a climate resiliency plan for the community. Mm. And, you know, like a, it's kind of difficult to, to imagine that, that any of that would have occurred without our on-the-ground mm. um, support and facilitation and encouragement. So that's most definitely one of the one of the big highlights for me. Mm. What 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 are some of the other ones? Because I I, I ran across a list. You it, it was it was quite lengthy. Your list. Yeah. Look, I mean, we we're always down the bout. I mean, the thing is, we do know we do know that the people that live in Northcote and Thornbury and in the inner city areas do have a high level of concern about climate change. And, you know, one thing that the politicians will say to us, you know, um, to kind of let them off the hook is that, oh, you know, people out in the bush, people in country Victoria, people living in, the, in regions, they don't care about climate change. So, you know, they've thrown down the gauntlet to us and, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're making sure that we are getting out of the city, connecting with people that have, have um, you know, possibly never really met or had a good conversation with a, a climate change campaigner. Mm, mm. That's Donald really... and Charlton um, yep. in the wheat belt. Yes. And, Paul, yeah. um, Sorry, I'm interrupting you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we're just, we're all about getting out about 
Um, you know, coming up in two weeks' time, we're getting out to to Ararat, where we're going to celebrate Wind Energy Day with the community. We're going to be um, meeting up with some of the the workers that are actually building a new wind farm and uh, an energy storage that big battery at install. Um, and you know, we're always getting down to places like Portland, where we've got wind energy workers, and all the way up to Yakandanda. So. Yeah, we do get out and about, and it's that slow and steady um, engagement with the community that really makes a difference. Really important work, and I, I think the engagement stuff is absolutely critical. And, in fact, you're getting out and about today because it's World Environment Day, and Act on Climate, the yes, collective, is. is holding an event, an event on the steps of Parliament. Yeah, look, we're going to be, um, we're going to be getting down... Um, to the steps of Parliament, we've got a few politicians that are going to meet with us, and we're going to hand over um, a, a statement that was uh, was was the result of a community event that we held a few weeks ago in St Kilda, where we brainstormed climate impacts, local solutions, and you know what message we really want to send to Victorian politicians. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled on the Act on Climate. Um, social media feeds on Facebook, on Twitter. We'll be blogging about it um, over the next few days. But, yeah, it's just an opportunity for um, for us to present a, a clear statement on why it's important for politicians to act on climate change um, to some of the, you know, the top brass, some mm. of the people that are up there making the decisions that are going to affect us all. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're urging the MPs that, are, that meet with us to actually take the letter um, all the way to the party leadership, you know, to the opposition leader, Matthew Guy, to the Premier, Daniel Andrews. And, you know, we're, we are actually calling calling for, the, for them to, um, to give us a, a formal response. So, yeah, you know, we're, it, we, it remains to be seen, you know, whether all of those people will, will respond to our letter, but, mm. you know, that will uh, reflect poorly on them if they fail to do so. Sounds really important, Lee. And finally, and you just mentioned it now, where can people listening go to find out a little bit more or a lot more if they, about Act on Climate and whether if they want to get personally involved as well? Yeah, excellent. Well, um, if people are keen to be personally involved, uh, we do meet weekly um, at Friends of the Earth headquarters um, on Smith Street in Collingwood, um, so if you'd like to get involved with the Act on Climate Collective, you're welcome to join us at 6pm every Monday night. Um, in terms of a bit more information, people can head to our website, which is actonclimate.org.au. Um, and, you know, these days, social media is a really important uh, medium for keeping up to date with things. Mm -hmm. um, so you can find us on Facebook by typing in Act on Climate Vic and, you know, keeping abreast of everything we're up to and, you know, for more of a minute-to-minute, a, um, a, a, a -minute, you know, blow-by-blow -blow account, mm -hmm. you can follow us on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, once again, Act on Climate Vic on Twitter. Lee, it's been fantastic talking to you today and really inspiring in all the work that you're doing with Act on Climate. So I want to wish you and the collective all the best in your coming days in the lead-up to the state election as well. Excellent. Thanks so much for having me, John. It's a pleasure.
And that was Lee Eubank. He's campaign coordinator for Act on Climate. And for more information and links to some of the details that we were talking about today, we'll be posting that on the 3CR Dirt Radio website. And as Lee said, there's lots of places where you can get more information as well. This program will be streamed for one week, and then it will be available as a podcast. Time is ticking. Spend two minutes to save public housing in Victoria. This week, email david.davis at parliament.vic.gov.au. Ring him on 98276655 and tell him to support the motion to block the government's public housing renewal program planning amendment. For more info, emails and phone numbers, see the Public Housing Defence Network's Facebook page. A 3CR supporter. Well, that's it. Nearly it for Dirt Radio this week. This has been the first of our six months to make a difference specials, bringing you all the news, updates and background related to the many tributaries of the campaign work being done by Friends of the Earth in the lead up to the Victorian state election on November in November. Now, don't forget also the Winter Writers Series, which starts on Thursday at FOE at the FOE Food, 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 whoops, whoops, the Faux Food Co-op, and it starts at 6.30. It goes till 8 o'clock, and you can hear from the River Country Collective about the history of working to stop logging along the Murray River and help to protect the precious red gum forest in the Bama Milawa National Park. That's it for us this week. We'll be back again next Thursday at 9.30, and we'll speak to you then. <laughs>